Love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Uh, Shelby, you and your beautiful Sowl are back uh, <laughs> for another podcast episode. Yes, yes. And just like the Golden Globes, we're coming at you from two different coasts. Mine is the well, Gulf Coast, and yours is... <laughs> The Atlantic the Coast. Coast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think that uh, technically <laughs> bicoastal is usually considered Texas and New York, but I'll I allow think it. Technically, technically, it should be. I mean, arguably, that's the very definition of technically. Oh, it's just like any two coasts. Yeah. So it could be like Lake Erie and yeah. Lake Champlain, yeah. and technically we're bicoastal. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll allow it. Anyways, Golden Globes, um, yeah, lots of lots of talk coming up to it. Obviously, there was so much controversy, not only with the nominations, but then with not only one, but two exposés on the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and their sort of failures to uh, be a representative body of what's not only, not only of... Uh, People, you know, they admitted that they don't have a single black member of the Hollywood Foreign Press, but also that they accept bribes and uh, opportunities to, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, they're there's... not afraid of uh, digging a little something under the table and uh, enjoying a few perks here and there. Yes, they love a gift. Yeah. <laughs> Golden Globes hosted by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which we've talked about before, is a group of like 80, 90 Journalists from other countries who cover Hollywood and movies and TV in Los Angeles. They have this award show. The exposés, yes. Well, the nominations came out. There weren't very many black people nominated, despite the fact that there was lots of movies that had mm-hmm. black people in them that have gotten a lot of praise elsewhere. Then it came out that there are no black members and also that they're taking there's, there's a lot of glad handing going on, a lot of gifts, a lot of trips, a lot of dinners that these members yeah. get and that you know, if someone is paying for a trip for to Paris for you, you're probably more likely <laughs> to vote for their show. Yeah. And then um, right before the show, there was another reveal that uh, emails leaked from within the agency of them denying the vote for a black member, but then also talking about the first expose and being like, oh, guys, Maybe you shouldn't email about this. We should talk offline <laughs> type things. Uh, so did they did they save face with this show? Um, I thought it was a pretty mediocre show, if I'm being honest. Yeah, the show was... I think the show was mediocre in a bunch of different ways. We saw the Emmys earlier this year do something, or I guess last year, mm-hmm. pull off a show that I thought was fairly entertaining and fairly yeah. seamless for a pandemic Zoom. Okay, we're all <laughs> in different places. Everyone's accepting their awards from home type thing. Yeah. This had a lot more technical glitches. It was a lot less fun. It seems like it would have gotten better since it they've had right. six more months to prepare, but that isn't really how it worked. And then, yeah, they also had obviously these controversies that they had to deal with on the show, which I thought they, it's like there was a lot of people saying that they didn't handle it well, which I don't think they necessarily did, but I also don't know what handling it super well looks like. Like I they, hated how they handled it. Like Amy, So Amy Poehler and Tina Fey really like sort of raked them over the coals at the beginning of the show in the monologue. Yeah, but then- strong. That's a well, strong way to say they were, it. They, 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 were, they acknowledged it. They were harsher towards the HFPA and also various nominees than I have seen 
other hosts be in the past about things because they also came for James Corden and for Sia and for Kate Hudson in a way that I thought like usually you wouldn't see a host do that but yes then they sort of like let that go and then they moved on and then about halfway through the show the HFPA trotted out three of their more diverse members and sort of had them say this statement of how they're going to do better and you know blah 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 so like it wasn't great but i but yeah like what would what what I mean, was what's your issue, like desired uh, yeah. outcome well first i feel like this has been spoken on but this like oh we commit to having a diverse membership it's like well that is a symptom of a larger issue like sure they can vote to have a black member of their body but that doesn't change a culture that has bred a sort of right um, uh, prejudiced or at least white supremacy <laughs> upholding body of work. Like, I think it just, it felt like they wanted to put a quick bandaid on the issue and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get a black person in here stat. And it's like, well, it, it, you know, there were bigger problems that you were also um, targeted for. And this has been an ongoing issue where we just found this like oh telltale sign that oh you don't have a single black person on here but is that why shows like uh, i may destroy you or movies like defy bloods weren't nominated like is that really the cause so i think it was well, more i don't think i mean i don't think the cause is that they don't have a single person yeah. but i think the cause is that the body of the of the group is mostly like older white people yeah. so they're when you're voting for a movie that you feel like you can relate to or that is tugging at your heart more, you're more likely to vote for an Anthony Hopkins Alzheimer's <laughs> drama than something about the black experience in America. Yeah. But I also think that the HFPA, as journalists who can afford to move to the U.S. and cover American film, like that feels like just a like you're not getting middle class lower class people doing that i'm sure all of these people were very wealthy to begin with so yeah Yeah. the issue is definitely that they need to figure out how to adjust their membership body in some kind of substantial way yeah and then i i don't like the like flippant way celebrities sometimes downplay their own problematic natures like tina and amy made this joke where it's like oh yeah we all know this is show is dumb like this is a dumb show like oh, we're so dumb it doesn't really matter but we're gonna try it's still important to have diversity and it's like no yes like in the grand scheme of the world it's problems sure the golden globes don't matter but in your industry that you're representing these awards do matter and it matters what shows are getting acknowledged at any awards show because it will constantly be trotted out on all these uh actors directors like portfolios it's like oh this is golden globe nominee golden globe winner right and so it's lazy and kind of like purposely like to try and gaslighty to be like oh it doesn't really matter but we promise we'll be better it's like no this this does matter and that's why you're being called out for it over and over and over again and i get that it's you know you're opening with jokes but i felt like my problem with their opening monologue in general was that like they weren't really they weren't really trying anything new they weren't saying anything there weren't like any really profound or clever jokes it was just kind of like lazy low-hanging fruit and that included trying to address this issue of diversity um in the nominees see i like that i thought that their opening monologue was better than that like i understand what you're saying but at the same time 
Like, I think that they obviously can't come out and just say, like, an actual statement that's serious and addresses the issue seriously. Right. Because otherwise, then it's like, okay, well, that's a dour way to start the show. I mean, even if it is important, but, like, people aren't going to stick around and watch that. They need viewers. So I can see why they're trying to, like, trot this line. And I feel like, one, if you compare what they did to some of the other hosts we've seen in recent years, like when Ricky Gervais hosted last year, or like, I don't know, maybe that they're not like super, super groundbreaking, but I felt like that they were doing something that was at least kind of funny and that also they were pushing or they were poking more at things that I think that some people would have. Like in a normal year, no one or at least they would not have addressed the fact that, you know, music see as movie is controversial or the fact that James Corden got nominated uh, for playing a gay person, which he probably shouldn't have. Like, I think usually that would have been skipped over and then maybe somebody else in the ceremony would have said something. Like if you think about the years when like the Oscars, so white stuff was happening, it was like, or or when there was only male director nominees, like the host wasn't saying anything. It was like presenters who came out and sort of went rogue and had to say something. So yeah. I don't know. I guess I can't think of like, like I get what you're saying where it's like they did at least joke about it. But I guess I was waiting for more like whip smart sort of like drag them, <laughs> but in a fun way sort of. But do you think like Jimmy Kimmel or uh, Jimmy Fallon or like those kind of people would have even gone as far as Amy and Tina did? Because I don't don't think they would have. It's just like, I mean, I guess my issue, the thing that felt off was like, yes, you stated the obvious. Like, why is Emily in Paris nominated? But you didn't answer your own you didn't give the punchline, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It felt like there was room for them to make commentary in a fun, clever way. Like you see on political shows where they have to make sad news entertaining, like where they have to make hard news punchy and fun and clever. And I felt like this was just like, oh yeah, um, me, we're not even going to talk about how problematic music is. And it's like, well, why not? Like make the joke, you know, make punch punch up so that the audience and everyone else knows the problem and sees the issue. Whereas this was just like, Oh yeah, we're, this is a dumb show. Like, LOL, sorry. And it's just, I don't know. I felt like there could have been room to make clever, quippy, funny jokes. Whereas this just felt like sort of, Oh, we have to address this. So let's just get over with. Cause I don't want to burn any bridges. Yeah. I mean, I do think that's part of it though. I mean, if you're like John Oliver, you can sort of skewer things because you're not really like your audience is not Hollywood and you're not really relying on Hollywood people liking you where like the HFPA and Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, it's like if they go really hard after Kate Hudson, it's, it's like, well, Kate Hudson is here and Kate Hudson is probably their friend. And also yeah. like the HFPA doesn't want to have an w- image of like, oh, come to our award show and you might get like <laughs> raked over the coals live on TV when but you're I unprepared it, for it. You know? Well, I mean, yes, I would as well, but I can see why they didn't do that. Yeah, and yeah, so I'm not coward. necessarily like, wow, <laughs> they should have, you know, like publicly flayed more people because that's what Twitter is for. Okay. And, you know. I enjoy that there. Well, speaking of the ceremony and its general awkwardness, I know you're a big Maya Rudolph proponent. How did you like her bit? Maya Rudolph, I, I'm, I'm, 
every award show she's there, every award show she's doing a bit. I don't know what she does when she's not in an award show because I swear <laughs> that's the only time I ever see her. I always think she's funny. Like, was this shtick her and Keenan played sort of get, gave like a bad uh, speech, like they were drunk speech. or whatever. Yeah. And it was fine. It wasn't the most <laughs> funny thing I'd ever seen. I sort of like uh, Kristen Wiig and whatever is Barb and Star. I thought that they were <laughs> slightly more entertaining later on. Also, Keenan and Maya ate up a lot of time. Like we really didn't need oh, yeah. them there. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I, I don't I know think- what they were doing. I don't get the joke. It was just like that is going to always be the problem is if it's just friends hanging out who think they're funny and they don't have to prove it to the rest of us. I hate that. I hate it so much. It was not clever or funny or interesting. It was just confusing and weird. But we were supposed to laugh because, oh, it's Maya Rudolph. Well, it's like they're doing the every year somebody gets I mean basically what Jason Sudeikis did later in the show (laughs) where you're super drunk or super high and you get up there and you're sort of awkward and weird and you take your shoes off and you're like too handsy (laughs) with the presenter like that happens I mean not to that extent but various pieces of that seem to happen every year I guess it's like it just felt and maybe this is why you appreciate it more than I but it felt like um an improv skit like unrehearsed oh definitely Mm -hmm. and and kind of didn't stick the landing as much as you would hope but we're all supposed to laugh along with it because like oh funny people I thought the funniest I thought the funnier parts of this of this whole show were one, the bit with the doctors, which I feel like you'll probably hate. And then two, the bit where they interviewed the kids about Golden yeah. Globe stuff. Because I, because yeah. the gold, it was like truly, oh yeah, the Golden Globes do not matter at all. None of these <laughs> kids know anybody except for Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Yeah, that was cute. And, you know, the doctor bit, I think there was slightly more thought put into that than some of the other things yeah. that happened. But... Yeah, I didn't have strong feelings against the doctor, but it was more, I think the general reaction I had to this year's Golden Globes was just like confusion. Like, like a lot of things I was just like, what's happening? And like, they would cut to certain faces and then they'd zoom in on parts of the Zoom call. Like it was all very weirdly produced. And so then when bits would happen, I'd be like, what, what is going on? And how does this fit into the larger theme? I think because... In comparison, the Emmys made it look so natural and effortless in a way. And so this was just like kind of a drag and like being in on a bad Zoom call. (laughs) Well, the Emmys, some of the groups were together, like all the Shit's Creek people were together. So there was slightly more of a fun atmosphere where this was just everybody on a Zoom call. There were presenters that came out, but even they didn't really do anything that interesting. But mostly it was just everybody on a Zoom call. There was awkward moments where cup where they cut people's mics too early or too late. Like Daniel Kaluuya won the first award and they couldn't even and he started giving his speech, but we couldn't hear. So then they cut him off. Then later he came back. There was other people who started speaking too soon. So we couldn't hear them. There was this super awkward thing that they kept doing over and over again. We're like in the lead into a commercial break. They would have the nominees for the future category yeah like in this breakout room so you would watch for 20 seconds as the best actress people were like oh hey i love your dress or whatever but it was all awkward zoom banter it was like when you get to a work meeting too early and you're waiting for other people to show up it was terrible did you did you say something oh sorry i uh it was so awkward i hated it some people had like 
50 people with them on camera. Some people, it appeared that they were at home by themselves, not a soul in sight. (laughs) Some people were dressed up. Some people weren't dressed up. They kept playing the playoff music when someone was talking too long, but it was apparent that the people accepting the awards couldn't hear the playoff music because they would just keep talking (laughs) so then you had these winners giving speeches and this music playing loudly so you couldn't really hear the speech but also the people giving the speech didn't know to wrap it up so they'd continue (laughs) on for another 20 seconds they were long the production was just terrible yeah yeah it was all it was all just a it was just kind of a snooze for me. Even the like winners and stuff, like there were some good ones, but overall I was just like there was low energy across the board. Probably most, you know, um shown through the Jason Sudeikis moment. Like that's what I felt like watching the show. I was just like, Oh, that happened. I guess we'll talk about that now, but I don't really care, but I'm it's happening, so like let's just go with it. Like that is the energy through the three hour evening i was forced to spend here well jason sudeikis clearly did not think he would win thought that he would just have to sit on camera and smile or whatever got very high and then had to give a acceptance speech which was so meandering emotionally he could have just been scrolling through no his eyes were watering at one point he said i reject the concept of best actor it's like okay jason like we all can see what's going on here he was wearing a tie-dye hoodie i mean i'm sure i don't begrudge him at all but i don't think that he was necessarily bored as so much as something else um although the other thing is, so all of these nominees, actors, you know, there's tons of them, are all just sitting in front of these, like, Zoom cams. And, you know, in a normal awards show, they can see where the cameramen are. So you can right. kind of know, like, when you might get a reaction shot or not. With this, these producers were doing them <laughs> dirty. They would just cut to random people at random so times. Random. And some of them would be, like, on their phone, uninterested, like, looking bored. Um it was just so uh, helter skelter who they would cut to. Some of the times I'd be like, wait, why are they cutting to Don Cheadle? Like, he's not nominated in this category. He's not, like, yeah. does he know this person? Like, why are we cutting to him? It was yeah. so chaotic. And there was like delays where they would cut to someone who was uh-huh. referenced, but then by the time we got to that person, someone else had already been referenced again. So it was all very just disjointed and messy. Honestly, I thought two of the strongest components of this show were the two Lifetime Achievement Award packages that they put together. Not the you acceptance. Love a good package. Yeah, so they put together things for Norman Lear and Jane Fonda. And they, like those are people who I don't even care about that much, aside from <laughs> nine to five. But the uh, the packages were very fun. And, you know, to put watch these montages with music and, you know, people talking about things like, especially in comparison compared to how low budget the rest of the show was, (laughs) I was like, please, just give me more montages. How come we couldn't have had 30 montages and cut a bunch of this other crap? (laughs) Matt's dream is just a show of montages. I love a montage, honestly. (laughs) Like, every year, various film critics will put together, like, my top however many films, and it's just clips set to music. I could watch that until I die. Like, please, yeah. just movie clips set to music. Yeah. Oh. If, if Matt directed an award ceremony, there wouldn't be any... You would find out who won by whose montage played, and it would yes. just be... Honestly, <laughs> I would love that. Snippet. If they're like, and the winner is Jeff Daniels, yeah. and then we saw Jeff Daniels' montage instead of yeah. him giving a speech. 
we've struck gold yeah no one would like suddenly lose interest in it in an actor it'd be like oh yeah i love this role you're reminded of all the great things because it's like nostalgia you get these all these little like dopamine bursts when you're like oh i remember black swan oh i remember the social network like i i forgot about these movies but they're coming back to me yeah yeah, wow. And even well, with Jane Fonda, I was like, look at all these hairdos, look at all these costumes. Like, I've never seen or heard of half these movies, but now I really want to go back and watch every movie Jane Fonda's ever been in because they look like a blast. Speaking of Jane Fonda, I saw this on Instagram today. I don't know if you saw this. And I thought it was funny. So she uh, she accepted this Lifetime Achievement Award last night, mm-hmm. you know, from... I think she was in person. She went to wherever it was, the Rainbow Room or whatever, yeah. and accepted it. And she got home, and I guess... She was home by herself. She couldn't get her dress unzipped. So she just slept all night in the dress that she was wearing and then posted these like side by side pictures of her all glammed up and then her like looking very disheveled the next morning at the dress she couldn't get out of, which I thought was fun. Relatable. Have you ever been stuck in a dress and couldn't get it out? Mm-hmm. Well, it was actually a winter coat, but similar. What? You know, like one of those. Things, oh, the zipper like stuck zipper or whatever? Stuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, rough, rough, rough. Um, anything else about the ceremony, or should we get into the winners? Let's get into the winners. Okay. TV first. Let me scroll down in my notes. This was if the Emmys was the Shits Creek show, the Golden Globes was the Crown. It was like the Crown, the Crown, the Crown. The Crown won Best Drama. Both Charles and Diana won Best Actor in a Drama, and our actress. Gillian Anderson won for also for the crown for best supporting actress. I think the only category it didn't win was best supporting actor. And I don't think there was anybody nominated from it in that. Yeah. That went to John Boyega from small acts. So really the crown, they loved it. I loved it too. So I was excited. And all of the people who won for that were fun. So I felt like it was well-deserved. Yeah. There was high energy on those wins. Um, The other thing I was generally confused about is the structure this show takes. I was always confused what category was being. Oh yeah. (laughs) They jumped all over the place. They should have done it in some kind of group. Yeah. So I was always like, wait, was this TV? Are these movies they're listing? I I don't know. I was bad at following all these along, but um, yeah, I didn't feel like anyone was robbed necessarily in the TV department. Did you? Did you have and people not really. you were fighting for? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was mostly The Crown, Schitt's Creek, and The Queen's Gambit yeah. um, won their respective categories. And yeah, I, I mean, it, there was nothing too surprising. Jason Sudeikis won Best Actor in a Comedy. So that was maybe, I mean, that was a surprise to him. <laughs> that was a surprise, yeah. Oh, Catherine <laughs> yeah. O'Hara won for Schitt's Creek yes. and her husband I don't I don't know if this was like a bit or what but he kept playing applause on his phone and then at a certain point in her speech he started playing like playoff music on his phone and she kept sort of like saying no but then he I kept think playing it was it. A bit. I don't know I if think it was it a was bit intentional it was so it awkward though it was yeah so uncomfortable I was like like we were all just like ugh. it was like the crowd reactions to when Miley Cyrus and Robin Thicke danced at the AMAs or whatever. Yes. That's how I felt. I was just like, ugh. But bless her. I was excited for her. It was her first uh, Golden Globe, and she deserved it because that is just an iconic character. And and really just <laughs> no one is doing anything close to what she pulled off in that show. <laughs> I was thinking of you because I know you're always keyed in on the style at the these award shows. Uh, yes. 
And I feel like the best dressed, or at least in my opinion, was Anya Taylor-Joy's hair. <laughs> and I was like, this is sort of like what Shelby is doing with her hair. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, yeah. No, she's like full blonde, though. Right. But it's like long and straight. Right, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. We do have Like, I feel like you could, I feel like you could do that haircut. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. Um, Like no bangs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sweet. Really glad to be thought of. Um, Yeah. No, she looked great. I was glad Queen's Gambit won or she won. And Queen's Gambit won. Queen's Gambit won. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I thought that was a, that was a good, a good moment i was mostly a fan of no actually i didn't care about any of the clothes this year oh really yeah i mean it's like there was like i mostly respected people who didn't dress up like jodie foster who was wearing pajamas and jason sudeikis who was wearing a hoodie and um you know i understand the itch to get pretty and get dressed up especially after a year of quarantine and so like um, Amanda Seyfried she wore a pretty dress and looked pretty and like Regina King looked glittery and and glowing but overall I was just like "Mm, whatever you know I feel like personally in a year where I've worn the same you know 10 articles of clothing just over and over and over again like any excuse to put any effort in I find very thrilling <laughs> so did you dress up for the golden Globe I, I did not I did not you know I I had just moved we don't have a couch yet so like I was sitting on a like a lawn chair that's in our living room um it was very unglamorous but yeah. when I meet a friend for coffee or something I mean and it's freezing here in New York so I'm wearing 55 layers I'm like oh let me wear this sweater and then I'll wear this and maybe this will look good even though you can only see an half an inch of it under my giant coat so i can understand the urge for people to dress up i'm i also liked the jodie foster oh me and my wife are gonna wear or girlfriend or partner um are gonna wear like fun pajamas and sit on the couch with our dog what i felt less enthused about was like jeff daniels who look like he was just in a spare bedroom somewhere in Ohio (laughs) with like a flannel on like he didn't think enough of it to make it fun but also he didn't think enough about it to look good it was just sort of like a well I gotta do this well Jason Sudeikis right back at you right but he was like I don't know what Jason was high and Jason Sudeikis was in another (laughs) world I don't know what he was doing, but I was I was there. I'm for telling it. you, he was hate scrolling through Harry Styles' Instagram feed. Just he probably was. Come to. Thank goodness they didn't cut to him at some point during the show and <laughs> get him, crying. you know, smoking or crying. <laughs> you know who looked like they were crying was James Corden. It cut to him several times, and I was like, <laughs> he looks like he's weeping. Like his eyes were all weird. Oh, wow. I don't know if he has some like the lighting was strange or what, but I was like. James Corden, not not thrilled. He just got, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe kicked by he knew he Amy wasn't and Tina. Win, and he is just sad about it. Well, yeah. I mean, we all knew he who was wasn't like, going to win. Or we, we were praying. I tried so hard to play a gay dude. Like, the best to my I mind. thought my acting was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I wore a man purse for this. Um, That was all the TV, though, right? Yeah. I mean, there wasn't... The TV was fairly uninteresting. I feel like all the yeah. strange wins came in the movie categories. I feel like I wish Emily in Paris had won just for the drama that would ensue and just the sheer awkwardness of her having to give an acceptance speech. 
I um, loved Emily in Paris. <laughs> I mean, say what you will that it shouldn't have gotten nominated, but it was a fun so show. Dumb. It was um, so it was so stupid, but so wonderful. <laughs> well, okay, so then you have the. Um, I mean, I guess the other not main categories like uh, music. I don't remember who. Oh yeah. Um. Well, that song from the Diane Warren song yes. from the Life Ahead one, which I did see that movie. It was oh, on Netflix, oh. but I don't remember that. I I don't remember any of those songs. I've seen. I I've seen Moment every of single one of those for movies. Eurovision. I know. R.I.P. Did Did you recognize those songs? You've seen some of those movies. No, no I didn't know any of those songs. It's, so yeah. Soul won best score, which I was like, whatever. Oh, I yeah. sort of that's right. I, like I can't even remember that. Soul won best animated, which we knew was going to happen. Minari won the best foreign film, which I think also yeah. we kind of knew was going to happen. Although I that's liked his speech. Oh, his little girl oh, was so. He cute. was very cute. Him and that speech, and he'll be. That will be in best picture, not in best. Yeah. International at the Oscars. Yeah, so. he seemed to like drag them. I mean, in a respectful way, in a still grateful way. He made a point about the language of the film being <laughs> technically. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was a dig, really, because he was talking about the language of love and blah, blah, blah in the end. But it felt like a pointed jab at the fact that he was relegated to foreign language film, even though it was an American story. Well, the Golden Globes the votership for the golden globes doesn't overlap at all with the oscars so just because something won or lost or whatever here doesn't really impact the oscars very much aside from the fact that oscar voting is like i think starts within the next couple of days so everybody has things that happened at the golden globes fresh in their mind when they're voting and so i think for minari for example that was almost a perfect speech. It was so cute. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody hasn't seen Minari yet, I think that makes them want to go see that movie and could help yeah. them in the Oscars. I think there's a couple of movies that sort of got bumps from speeches and wins at the Golden Globes and other movies that sort of like, you know, didn't have that moment or it yeah. was a weird, awkward moment. And I think that it could, you know, hurt them <laughs> later on. Yeah. No, that was a favorite moment for me. Let's do the musical comedy categories because those are just mm-hmm. so strange. <laughs> I mean, there was like nothing good of uh, available, really. I mean, best musical comedy, the the nominees were Borat 2, Hamilton, <laughs> Music, the Weird Sia movie, Palm Springs, and The Prom. So yeah. Borat won, and I think is really the only thing there that's even in any conversation about the Oscars. But it's like, what a strange <laughs> set of nominees. And then it's like Borat or Sasha Baron Cohen wins for Borat for best actor, which is it's like, okay. How but... is, like, who decides, does the Hollywood Foreign Press decide what goes in which category? Or is it like the movie says for consideration in musical or comedy? I think how it works is that the movie can submit itself for either and then the Golden Globes has to approve that submission. So I think that some years there's some there are things that get submitted in one and then they yeah. bump to the other. But I think usually the movie itself picks. Well, I think Promising Young Woman should have should have made a go for it cuz then they could have cleaned up. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think I agree. I think it it's justifiably a dark comedy. And I wouldn't have I wouldn't have balked at it being in that category. And then it would have won 
all the awards it needed to. <laughs> well, I said that I think that Promising Young Woman is similar in a lot of ways to I Care A Lot, which was a comedy, <laughs> even though you said that I Care A Lot was like dealing with a darker I, sub or whatever, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I understand. My main point in that comparison is that one is light years above the other one but sure they're both comedic in nature right so it's like but yeah no i agree with you i think if promising young woman had smartened up and ran in comedy that they could have won a bunch of these awards because rosamund pike won best actress for i care a lot which i was very thrilled by because i love that movie and i think she was great in it but also her competition was weak so it was a surprise that she won but also, and she was surprised and very happy, and I thought she gave a good award speech, like, just because it's always more fun to watch surprise people win awards than yeah. people who expect to win awards win awards. But, um, but yeah, it's like, if Carrie Mulligan had been in that category, she 100% would have yeah. won it. So, I <laughs> Yeah. I mean, what do you think Kate Hudson's vibe was? She gives me weird energy as a person anyways. I feel like she's very much like, I don't care about COVID type. She had like 50 people in the room with her. Like, like no judgment, but a little judgment. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, people are like, hate her movie. So, but she also seems unbothered by everything, like good and bad. So she seemed to have a good time still. Kate Hudson and and her mom Goldie Hawn I'm sort of confused by both of them because it's like I think they're both really funny and really good in certain things but then they make weird choices and then they're both like not in that much stuff (laughs) like they both kind of were everywhere and then they're nowhere I don't know well she's a podcaster now isn't she doesn't she have a podcast with her brother or something Kate Hudson yeah well, I thought I don't so, know. but maybe I mean I'm that that very well. I I do not follow <laughs> everyone Kate Hudson has that a closely. Podcast. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, bless her heart. She didn't think she was going to win, but she dressed up for it, and she had her whole family there just in case. Best supporting actor went to Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, and I think that he will probably win the Oscar. I think that him and then also Chadwick Boseman winning for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom were both like, okay, this is this yeah. is what's going to happen at the Oscars. Yeah. And I think it's fair. I mean, he did a great job. I I think he's a really talented actor. I mean, yeah, I really have nothing to say about it. It was unfortunate, the timing of this being the first award (laughs) after a series of commentary about like, oh, yeah, we uh, didn't have a diverse uh, winner this year. But uh," and then the black man wins his first award and they put him on mute. It was an unfortunate (laughs) moment for the Golden Globes. Uh, but he took it in good stride and uh, had a sense of humor about it. Well, then they cut to Laura Dern and she was sort of like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. They're like, oh, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> and then they cut back to him and then the mic was working finally. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Somebody probably got fired on that well, one. Well, he was, this is a tangent, but he was on a radio show or a podcast or I don't know, a remote show. And he said that he hadn't been invited to the um, premiere of Get Out because people thought he was busy on another shoot for a film. But he had, of course, wanted to go to this. So he had just like waited at his hotel, assuming someone would like call. And then no one <laughs> invited him. How sad. So he didn't go? Guy. He didn't go to the um, premiere. He went to like a few different ones after that first one. <laughs> but... They yeah. thought he was busy. That's yeah, isn't that that's sad? that's on Poor some guy. publicist or manager or something. Yeah, <laughs> so 
unfortunate turn of events. And Ugh. so then he comes here and he can't even give his acceptance speech. Poor guy. You be- they better give this man the Oscar. I yeah. mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah. He deserves it. The 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 women's categories, though, were just a mess. They were all over the place. <laughs> uh, best Supporting Actress, which I think some people thought would go to... Or like, so Maria Bakalova for Borat... People thought that she was sort of the front runner, but she was running in Best Supporting Actress Comedy, which she didn't win, so maybe she's not the front runner. Then people were like, oh, maybe that'll go to Glenn Close because, you know, they're just like, we need to give Glenn Close an Oscar, so this will be a good thing, but it didn't go to her. A lot of people earlier this year had said, oh, Amanda Seyfried's really good in Mank, maybe it'll go to her. It ended up going to Jodie Foster for the Mauritanian, which was a movie that no one has seen. I honestly that don't know what She was shocked that she won. Um <laughs> It, it was very fun to watch her win. I don't even know what this movie's about. Yeah, I have uh, no idea. Like, what is that the, even? What is that word even? Is that a? Was that a? Mauritania is a country in Africa, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I think, or maybe it's an island. I don't know. It's definitely a country. <laughs> so it's about like someone from the country of okay, Mauritania, okay. but I don't know what it's about. And, but but this is the kind of thing where. Now the Academy is going to have to go watch this movie within the next couple of days before they start voting. And if she's good in it, she could end up winning a bunch of awards just because it's the most recent thing that people have watched, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then the same thing basically happened with Andra Day in in the United States versus Billie Holiday because she beat out all of the front runners. They like it was sort of the conventional wisdom that she had got the fifth slot and then somehow she one over mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan, Francis McDormand, Vanessa Kirby, and Viola Davis. They which love is... a they love a um, biopic. You know, I think that's a secret to any award. It's like being a biopic. Yeah, but Viola Davis was also in a biopic. You're right. Well, then it was between the two of them, and it went to the younger upcoming star. This this is my this is my um like weird prediction. I think that with Rosamund Pike winning her category and Andre Day winning her category, that this could potentially bump out Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, which is a movie that really nobody wants to go watch because it's about a terrible miscarriage and Shia LaBeouf is in it. And I saw it and I didn't think it was that good. So I'm like... No nomination. Can Francis Mc- or can Rosamund Pike get in there? Come on, <laughs> come on! And then if she's there, you might as well give her the trophy. Oh my god! Come gosh. on, you Rosamund! Believe that you cannot believe that she would deserve it over Carrie Mulligan or Francis McDormand. I love Carrie Mulligan. I would be more than happy to see Carrie Mulligan okay. win. Um, okay. okay, but I also do love the movie I care about. So, <laughs> best actor in comedy went to. Sasha Baron Cohen, correct? Yes, yes, not James Corden. Too bad. Mm. That was another weak (laughs) weak category. Anytime the like they cut to the five people nominated, I was like, why are these people up here? And then I'd be like, Oh yeah, Palm Springs. Like what? Oh yeah. It was also interesting. There was a lot of people who weren't there. Yeah. And I was like, what could you possibly have to do? <laughs> it's an award ceremony and you don't even have to go to it. You know, it's like you <laughs> yeah, don't have, you have two hours there. in you your office or whatever. Yeah. Who wants I mean, to be yeah. on a three hour Zoom call? But it's like, I mean, it's not that difficult. Like Dev Patel <laughs> couldn't be there. Why? <laughs> Maybe it was a protest against the HFPA. Like you have friggin' 
85-year-old Jane Fonda showing up, can't even get out of her dress, and she's making an appearance, and Dev Patel, you can't be bothered? Yeah. <laughs> it's um, his prerogative. <sighs> I would like to say that Nomadland won Best Director and Best yes. Drama. After yes. you texted me, it was like, this is never going to win Best Picture last I week. So we're on the way. This is, nomi- this is a front runner. It was disbelief, not a prediction. Okay. Just like I couldn't believe Green Book was a front runner. You know, it's just. This movie's way better than Green better. Book. That, just, that's rude. That's the rude. question I brought to the table. It wasn't, this will never win. It was a statement of confusion. I was listening to a podcast uh, today where the people were like, uh, Frances McDormand, she's not going to win the Oscar. She's playing the same character she played in Three Billboards, and we all hated <laughs> Three Billboards. I'm like, this is a different movie, everyone. Wait, and I-, I resent this rewriting of history because I remember us being the only two people in the universe who hated Three Billboards. Like, hand on the Bible, everyone was obsessed with that movie, weren't they? Yeah, and it won the Golden Globe for Best Drama, and then only yeah. later, I think, got beat out by Shape of Water, and now everyone has re-engineered yeah. because three <laughs> billboards is problematic that they now all of a sudden all hated it but yes get on our level people like i know we were ahead of the times yeah i hated that movie so much and i it wanted to awful. like it because it had lucas hedges in it and i was like this is going to be great and yeah. i like francis mcdormand but ugh. i wanted to walk out of that movie was that before we started our podcast i think it must have been it I might have it been when like we why we decided <laughs> It might have even been when we were. Well, no, you would have been gone by that point. Yeah, I was no, going to say. Gone. I went and saw. I I went and saw that movie with Rob, and we were both like, "What are we sitting through?" Oh, I man. mean, so it must I have come out after you had left New York, but it was definitely way before we had a podcast because yeah, yeah. we did not talk about oh, that no, award no. season at all. Because <laughs> I think Shape of Water won. Was that the year before? Like Twenty seventeen, maybe. Because that was, we talked about Green Book. That was the first year that we I'll settle doing this the podcast. once and for all. Three billboards. Did three billboards win before or after Moonlight won? I think Moonlight, Moonlight must have been the year before. 2016. Okay. Okay. So it was 2017. <laughs> yeah. And then we started the podcast 2018, like the summer. So it would have yeah. been like six months later. Okay. Yeah. But we still hated that movie. Yes. I like No Man Land so much better. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, yes, I do think that Promising a Woman is better than No Man Land, but I am so m- thankful that No Man Land beat out the what trial of the Chicago think 7. Of No Man Land winning best screenplay. Well, no, Trial of Chicago 7 won best oh, screenplay. Oh, it did. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, thank Yeah, that was Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> but it was nominated. I was confused. Yeah. I don't know. I don't But yeah, that is a weird situation where it's like what did they actually like because to be frank one of the issues i have with the movie is the lack of speaking i just i don't i appreciate good dialogue let's just say that and when people did speak it was the not actors telling their supposedly true life stories so it's like where's the screenwriting coming in you know i mean part of writing a screenplay is writing the scenes where there's no dialogue yeah, like that's also it. part of the screenplay because it's not like this is a documentary or whatever and they just have all this footage and they put it together but yes i agree with you i i think that 
Nomadland probably it's like, won't imagine win the uh, the clip they'd play for you know it's the Oscars they're doing like a bit of the film to show that as the screen right as the screenplay plays in the corner and it would just be Frances McDormand cleaning out her truck I mean her van pooping in the bucket <laughs> her van and the guy's like oh you got ants that's not bad and that'd be the screenplay. <laughs> I feel like there's some scenes with her and the and David Strathairn, kidding, the guy, because that's an actor. But yeah. yes, no, I agree. With you. <laughs> I agree with you. But aren't you glad that that the Trial of Chicago Seven was not winning Best Director and Best? Yes, I'm film. frankly shocked that got as much love as it did here. Um, that movie was not remarkable. It, it it did it did well by its story, but I don't think it was anything special. But it's a weird year for movies. I think that movie is, it's all hype and none of it's coming true. Yeah. Ever since before it came out, they were like, oh, this is going to be a big Oscar movie, big Oscar movie. It's won nothing. Like, (laughs) it didn't win critics awards. It didn't do particularly well. It came out months ago. It's not recent. Like, I'm just waiting for people to wake up and realize, yeah. The Trial of the Chicago 7 is not happening. It's sort of like The Irishman last year, where everyone was just like, it's The Irishman, it's The Irishman. The Irishman, I don't think, won a single Oscar. Yeah. It's like there's some of those movies that you know, okay, this will probably, and I think Mank is in that same category this year. Like, it will probably get some nominations, but I can't see anyone liking Mank enough to give it an award. Yeah, I don't want to watch that. I've just avoided it. It's sort of a long slog, but <laughs> at some point. Yeah. So then we come to the best picture for uh, musical or comedy. Yeah, with it, Borat. Borat, yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. And then drama. Um, Nomadland. Nomadland. And that's the that's the show, folks. That's the show. That's the show. <laughs> There'll be a bunch more contenders in the Oscar field because Ma Rainey and One Night in Miami and yeah. The Five Bloods and Judas and the Black Messiah and Sound of Metal and news of the world. I feel like Birds all of sort prey. of didn't sh- <laughs> <Birds of prey. laughs> underwater. Uh, uh, tenant um, yeah. underwater was the last year. Shelby, the old guard. Uh, underwater pil- came out January twenty twenty. That is a twenty twenty film. Did it? Yeah, it was the first movie we saw in twenty twenty. I thought that was the first movie that came out in twenty nineteen. No, it's been a long year, but it oh was my a gosh. Film. Oh my gosh, underwater, <laughs> dear lord, underwater. <laughs> but pill 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 project will be yeah, that's the one the i'm power. rooting for yeah power, yes. project power yes. dragon people <laughs> the old guard i think it could sneak in there okay charlize okay. theron people love her it's like okay. why not <laughs> why i mean honestly if jodie foster's winning why not give it to <laughs> charlize theron for her scene where she goes um uh, a little bit of honey, um, some cardamom. <laughs> ah, this baklava must be why from so, Saudi like, Arabia. Why do you have a smoker's voice? Like what? Because I hated that scene so much, and I was trying to, I was trying to mimic having a bunch of like, food in my mouth while I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, this isn't a video podcast, but I was doing like, a, I was doing like a French sort of like, wee wee, like Ooh, what is course, this taste? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be a good, good moment. I can't wait. Um. 55 days, one hour, and 37 seconds until the Oscars, according to this website I'm looking at right now. So, oh. hold your breath. The nominations come out... The 15th, I the think. The 15th. Oh, okay. So, a couple weeks. And next oh, week, we're talking about WandaVision, which comes to an end. And wow, that show has 
that show has yes. taken some turns. I, I am. No, I wish we could have done a weekly update because I think part of the fun of a show like this that I haven't felt since like Lost or something is sort of the theorizing, the unpacking of clues, the hints and foreshadowing and just wondering what's coming next. But it'll be fun to talk about how it all came together and what what it means for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Also, like, will it stick the landing? Like, it's throwing a lot of stuff at the wall, but I'm interested to see how it all comes together. I'm pretty confident. I'm excited. I mean, yeah, we have different feelings on Marvel in general, so I feel like it'll be interesting to see how we uh, take this new new era. Yeah, and also how much I remember from the old era. That'll yeah. also be a good, a, <laughs> a good gauge. There are various points where I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. There was like all those people who disappeared and then they came back. (laughs) I forgot about that. Um, But, okay, well, we'll be back next week to talk about WandaVision. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media at PSURong. You can leave us a review. You can send us an email at PSURong at gmail.com. And those are so fun, so please send us more. And we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 